Hello, and welcome to the Slot Plus segment of the Slate Culture Gab Fest. If you're listening, that means you're a supporter of Slate Plus. Thank you so much for supporting Slate and the journalism that we do. Today, your membership dollars are going to this exciting condiment conversation. Uh, somehow, in the course of our prep for the show and talking about David Brooks and sandwiches, it came out that Dana is an anti-mayo night. Oh, so I'm to blame for this segment. Yes, <laughs> at least in the story I'm telling our listeners here. I defy you to defy me. <laughs> I ride hard in chrome against mayo. <laughs> but what song do you listen to while you... <laughs> <laughs> While you're doing your handbrake turn. I forgot to even say during that segment, like, so his driving was so ostentatious. There were, like, many occasions when they – it seemed like if he just drove his car – and they did a good job of making some of his getaway cars, like, Saturns and stuff. Like, they wasn't all driving Fast and Furious-style Lamborghinis or whatever. But if he would just, like, drive like a normal salary man, like, the cops would never have noticed and it would have been fine. But he was constantly, like – Every time he started a car, he was, like, doing a donut and, like, putting up a cloud of dust before he could even go three feet. Sorry. Back to back to the more important topic of mayonnaise. Um, apparently, Dana's a mayo hater and Steve is a mayo lover. And so we thought we would fight about mayonnaise. Dana, go first. I mean, I have to say that my mayo hatred comes with some qualifications. It is specifically the commercially packaged mayo with whatever ingredients make it refrigerator stable that I find disgusting. It's that sort of like wiggly white goo that has to be slathered on every sandwich. And mainly my problem, even with that condiment, is that it's just slathered too thickly on things without asking. There's this kind of assumption that mayo is this base condiment that we all want to work from and that you ask for mustard or other things on many deli sandwiches, when in fact mayo ruins many a deli sandwich because of its kind of gooey oiliness. But that said, there are other iterations of mayo that I'm totally down with, like a home homemade aioli, right? It doesn't have the jiggly goo. Um, so so it only lasts a day or two, but it's a much nicer texture and, and you can put flavors in it for dipping things into. I know, Steve, you're going to talk about how you flavor your mayos and things like that, but give me a minute here. I just think that mayo is a very blandifying it's kind of middle America condiment that does not belong on most of the sort of soprasada style. Let's not even get into the, you know, elite meanings of them, but just, you know, sandwiches that come from dif- different ethnic backgrounds than kind of middle America church food do not need mayo on them. I mean, Woody Allen has documented this very well in the deli scenes and in his movies. Like mayo is a wasp condiment that may have its place at a church supper, but should not be randomly slathered on every sandwich. All right, Steve, the rebuttal. Well, I mean, how can I not hit you with some, you know, David Brooks style analysis here? I mean, you know, aioli, this kind of foreign born concept that you import (laughs) into a banal conversation about deli sandwiches in order to make it good enough for a graduate school snob like yourself. I mean, that's just sad. (laughs) Whereas a man of the people like me loves a good umami bomb wherever you can find it. And the more thickeners and stabilizers, you know, I I essentially would have it simply as guar gum itself. I mean, the (laughs) fact that they add some kind of an imitation egg to it, to me is just pure gravy, or should I say mayo? Um, Here's here's what you do. You take your Hellman's and you just open wide (laughs) and squeeze right now. (laughs) Gross! That is the for mayo haters like me the most disgusting thing imaginable is a spoonful of unadulterated mayo spooned into your mouth that is just foul. Right. Well, don't do that. But what you can do is you can <laughs> um, 
you can get some um you can get some chipotle like good canned chipotle and mix it in with your hellmans and i swear to god you can spread it on anything even a david brooks column and make it delicious <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i mean i well my life's journey with mayo Let's give the listeners what they really want is uh, that I started in column Dana and I moved to column Steve because I think I objected to the idea of mayo because it is so disgusting looking. And in general, my food objections have more to do with texture than taste. Like I really hate bubble tea and those like disgusting globs of tapioca that just like slimily sliding up the (laughs) fat straw like gross any kind of it's an invasion of a drink by a strangely textured food oh yeah like any sort of uh like disgusting viscosity is my main complaint so kombucha kombucha grosses you out i haven't even tried kombucha enough to know that it's viscous is kombucha viscous? well you know that i'm barely trying either you know that kombucha is a health drink that has basically a kind of a placental gel blob floating in it at I all w- times i once had a house guest who t- tried to make kombucha on my kitchen counter and there was like a fetal pig rotting <laughs> in a mason jar like on our counter. so that might be why i've never tried it the ones that you can get like in the fancy bodegas these days just they just seem like tan drinks right is there is there you still have to contend with bobbing blobs of gel inside okay well let's take kombucha off the list and (laughs) or put that on a future slate plus segment we can all try it oh i forgot that we were going to spoon feed you mayo on the segment we forgot to bring in the helmet oh god that would be my last culture gap anyway so as a child i objected uh you know wholeheartedly to mayo because it seemed disgusting mentally however in my wiser old age i have realized that it's just fat. It's just fat to put on your sandwich to make your sandwich less dry. And that actually in the application, it is much less offensive than in the standalone spoon glob. Um, And I think it should be used lightly and sparingly, like a nice slice on a sandwich, delish. If you're making kind of a potato salad or a, a lobster salad or a you know, pasta salad or anything like sparingly, 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 like just enough to make the thing cohere. There should be no freestanding globules of mayo, just like a light, a light toss, I think is what you want. More than that renders anything disgusting. Also, sidebar, you should never make potato salad with mayo. You should make Marcella Hassan's Italian potato salad with olive oil and red wine vinegar. Instead, it's much better. So Yes, that German style of non-creamy potato salad. I don't know that recipe, but is far superior to anything creamy. Oh, I think of it as Italian because I think of Marcello. But anyway, yes, olive oil and red wine, vinegar for potato salad. Anyway, but basically just in the application, it's a way of making dry sandwiches uh, moister and more coherent. Well, what is mustard? Chopped liver? (laughs) Mustard doesn't doesn't have a lot of fat in it. Mustard is a flavoring. But it's a moistening. I guess, but it's primarily its primary purpose is to deliver flavor, not to improve the like texture and coherence of the sandwich. I guess just the idea of sandwich lube is just disgusting to me if it doesn't add flavor. Do you want all the individual parts of your sandwich to fall apart? I mean, it's fine. (laughs) Mustard is glue enough for me. Honestly, I think I like an Italian style sort of dry sandwich. I love when you go to Italy and you just get some nice focaccia slapped over some sort of delicious cured meat and there's practically Mm -hmm. nothing in between. Oh my God! Well, we can bring together the you know uh, nose bleedingly oat snobbery of you two with the heartland by one simple observation, 
which is the, the very, very best and, to my mind, only thing you should eat a good cone of French fries with is unadulterated mayonnaise. Ew. See, that, then we're getting into, yeah, the French Go dipping back to of fries into mayonnaise. Just yesterday I was thinking about this because I knew we were having this discussion. I went out for chicken sandwiches and French fries, and I dipped my French fries in my preferred dipping French fry sauce, which is mustard. A little bit of Golden's Brown mustard. <laughs> my God. Catch up. What's Fantastic. wrong with you? Oh, my God. The Dana-ness of Dana has hit platonic <laughs> zenith. I want to hear from mustard our listeners who French also fry. do oh. a mustard French fry dip. Of course, it's well, a good reading- French fry you don't need to dip it in anything at all or you only dip every third fry or something like that but to the extent that i need some sort of reservoir of goo for dipping it's going to be mustard it's obviously i believe it was i believe it was i believe it was pessoa who said no man's soul strays far from his body when the goo in which to dip is mustard It sounded better in Portuguese. (laughs) I just, ketchup is the best condiment because it is basically like tangy sugar jelly. And uh, like you sort of like, oh, ketchup, of course, I must put tons of ketchup on my, uh, you're basically just like squirting sugar paste onto your food in the summertime, but it's like a great excuse to do so. Uh, And the problem with mayonnaise as a French fry dip is that it requires you to see freestanding piles of mayonnaise, which, <laughs> see, as Dana so, has stipulated, are disgusting. I'm so glad that you at least agree with me that the, the simple visual of yes. piles of mayonnaise is gross. You should never look at mayonnaise, but you can <laughs> eat it, is my position. I, the, you come with a blindfold. I don't know. I, the French are world-class persnickety, and I, you may have noticed aren't so renowned for their cuisine they gave us the fucking word itself i mean they have no problem with a daub of uh mayonnaise but aren't they and dipping also, in some way, delicious you're, homemade you're, aioli and not just a glob uh, of shaky again helmets? with the aioli again with the fucking aioli <laughs> insensitively no. i led him into an aioli shop <laughs> yes um but I, I, but you're missing one of the greatest virtues of um of mayonnaise which is that it's the universal condiment mixer. It's the type O blood of condiments. Mm. You can take a little. Uh, I got Julia. Yep. You add a little. You add a little ketchup. You got Russian dressing. You, oh. you could add a little mustard. Oh my god! And as as you heard me say earlier, I'm telling you, chipotle fucking mayo. You could put it on anything. I will say just in general, like a fatty spread improves everything. And you can also use butter for in a lot of places where you might use mayo. It's more difficult to spread. But one sandwich innovation, which is decadent and ludicrous but delicious, which my husband got somewhere. I don't know. Somebody put it somewhere on the internet is to make a PB&J. If you're making your kids PB&Js and it's a sort of hungry, speedy day where lunch for you will also be a PB&J because that's just what kind of day you're having – you can make the PB&J more delicious by toasting the bread, spreading the bread with butter before you apply the PB and the J. <laughs> and then once you put the PB and the J on, sprinkling a little bit of sea salt in between. And it is a very elevated PB&J that I highly recommend. Oh, my God. That is that is something out of a wasp household in the 1970s. They my didn't have sea to... salt in wasp households. <laughs> I oh, guess they minus the sea salt, but buttering like the bread before PB&J making hacks. peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm doing it. But – but let me give you another one, and I'm curious whether either of you or any of our listeners have ever heard of this. A peanut butter and bacon sandwich. Wasn't that Elvis's favorite? Elvis Presley? And Joan Metcalf's. I grew up with <laughs> peanut butter and bacon sandwiches. That sounds kind of good. 
I don't know. My husband yeah. constantly is putting peanut butter on muffins. Like he'll take like a fruit-based muffin, cut them in half, and spread peanut butter <laughs> oh on them. And I find it so repulsive. <laughs> well, that seems like oh, it would just take ooh. over the flavor of the muffin. It's, it's just very peanut, peanut butter would completely conquer, and that's it's, all you would taste. I don't understand it at all. Um, I will say that in the in the course, the, the powers of the internet advertisers are mighty. Somehow I think we only conversed about mayonnaise in like person in like non-surveillable person. I don't think we had a ton of emails about it, but somehow one of the dynamic ads I saw, I think on the New York Times, judging by the font on this screenshot, was an advertisement that says, find awesome burgers near you and then touts something called the Hellman's Burger Route with the Hellman's Mayonnaise logo and suggests that I both tap to find locations and turn arrow search map now, ostensibly for places where I can get great burgers with the idea of mayonnaise in mind, thus to slather mayo on the burgers. And I just want to say, Hellman's, I am not having it. I will not do that. I will neither tap to find no locations nor search map now because I don't want mayo on my burger. Uh, I think we're I think we're done here. <laughs> I think we've hit our all time low. I think we can exit the segment with our head held. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Slate Plus members, for supporting Slate and the journalism we do, and also whatever this was. May all of your sandwiches be delicious and exactly to your liking. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>